What a wild time it's been recently, and I'm so glad to be back with y'all here today and stepping out in faith. Welcome. Today we're going to talk about something It's just really been on my heart this week that I've noticed um, a lot more people are becoming just extra comfortable with not meeting as the gathering. I think here in the year 2022 that we have just become so dependent, especially after COVID, of um, we, we've just gotten into our routine and we talk ourselves into excuses, honestly. I mean, so we had like a really great excuse for a while for not doing things, right? Like, oh, I can't go because, you know, I don't want to get sick or I have small children or this, that, or the other. And for some people, that is a legitimate excuse. And I'm not trying to minimize them in any way, form, or fashion. If it is in your best interest to stay home for whatever reason, COVID or no COVID, um, that, I mean, that, if that's what God is telling you to do, because that is what's best for you, then that's what you need to do, okay? Um, That's the beauty of everything about God, is He knows us, and He knows our hearts. He knows, He knows when we're gathering, um, if we're gathering for Him, or if we're gathering for other reasons, and He just, He really, He just knows your heart. He knows you inside and out. He knows you better than you know you. And He knows all of your reasoning for everything that you do in life, whether it's a fleshly reason or not. So today I want to talk about Hebrews 10, 19-25. So I'm going to read through it real quick. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through the flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the the day drawing near. The day that he's referring to is the day that Jesus comes back and we have to see him face to face, right? So, I know a lot of times, especially if we have been hurt in the church, um, it, it's something that we need to get through our heads. The hard truth is that it's not about us. It's not about me, and it's not about you, and it's not about people. And I hate to say this, but not all people that profess to be Christians are wonderful people. The Bible actually tells us that, um, that Satan disguises himself as light. And so we have to use our power of discernment by drawing near to God to be able to discern what we're dealing with in a moment. Okay. So the gathering, God has told us in the Bible that when two or more gather in his name that he is there. And so I know sometimes we can use that to our advantage and just say, okay, well, I'm just going to stay home and watch church online with my husband because God is here. And 
there are times where that is something that you need. Maybe God is telling you that you need to be rested. Once again, I'm not God. I do not know um, absolutely everything that's in your heart. And I can't tell you everything he's telling you. That's what y'all's relationship is for. And that's why you draw nearer to God. But nine times out of ten, I feel like when we use that excuse, it's just for our own selfish advantage. And it's because maybe we're scared of people or maybe, like I said, we've just been hurt by people. And I'm saying that over and over to say that people, 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 we tell ourselves that, you know, God, God is everywhere. He's not just in the church, so I don't have to go there. The beautiful thing about the church, no, God is not stuck in one building because Jesus has come and he has brought the Holy Spirit and he is everywhere and he is omniscient and he is everywhere all the time. At the same time, those people that you need to be surrounding yourself with, those good influences, those people that are going to push you and help you draw near while they draw near so you can draw near together... Those people are gathering two, three, five, six times a week, depending on, you know, just how your church functions and um, how many services they have and just uh, little ministries that you can get involved with and things like that. And we should not neglect that. Um, in America, too, we are so just self-absorbed. I think that it's preached so much self-care, self-care, self-care. And when we think self-care, typically, especially in America, where we're so busy all the time and we're so privileged that sometimes we just want to lock ourselves in our houses and not go see anybody or do anything. And I mean, sometimes, you know, as a mom, that sounds like the best thing that I could possibly ever do. And I'm not going to lie to you today. Um, my husband is at work, and my dad decided to keep my baby for a little while. And you know what I did? Okay, I'm not your normal woman. I am not a big shopper, but I love me some Sam's Club, y'all. I just absolutely love it. I like Sam's Club. I like Tractor Supply. I like Dirt Cheap. I like um, just finding good sales and buying things in bulk, and I'm just like a weirdo little mom like that. And so, my day today, when I got off work, I went to Sam's Club, and I walked around for probably an hour, and I got a couple things, and I went, and they have this ice cream there. I love it. It's got caramel and brownies in it. I got me that, and I got me some sushi, and I went, and I sat in my car, and I had ice cream and sushi in my car because I just needed a moment. And me and Jesus talked a lot during that time. And that is perfectly, perfectly, perfectly fine. But there are times where we need to be gathering with these people. You need to be pouring into other people. Um, and they need to be pouring into you. And I know sometimes we try to, we try to do that via like, Facebook and all this kinds of stuff. But you know and I know that there's absolutely nothing like a physical gathering. I mean, if there's nothing else we learned during COVID, it's that we miss our people and that we need them. We need those surroundings because otherwise um, we're not just alone. We start to feel lonely. I mean, even during some of that COVID period, you know, me and my husband, we were here 
Um, and I love him. We love being together. But we missed our people and we wanted to see them. So there's no better reason to gather with your people than to celebrate the Lord and the whole reason that you're here and your purpose. Um, there's something about just pouring yourself into another person. I know I love my Bible study group every every week and there's been hard weeks recently where I just couldn't make it on Monday nights when we meet and I missed it. I, um, we have our moments that we sit there and we kind of do our little thing and we get chit chatty. But at the end of the day, at the end of the evening rather, um, you know, we all get to sit down and as women talk to each other about, and you know, men can do this too. It's not just women. I'm just a woman. So that's how I speak. But, um, you know, we can talk about like our journey through motherhood and marriage and just work in general and how our lives are. And we can talk about what we struggle with and how to improve that and things that we, um, are struggling with outside of just home life and, um, finances and just work, just dealing with just the public in general and life situations and, um, just really just be there for each other and lift each other up. And that is so important. I w this is what really hit me about this, this whole thing about the digital age, okay? So you can say it however you want to, and you can say that, you know, God is everywhere and God is in my home. And He is, thank God He is, that we can, I'm so grateful to be on this side of the cross where I don't have to go to a certain building or walk 10,000 miles in the rain, sleet, snow, and storm to find Jesus because he's with me all the time. And what a privilege that is that we just honestly forget about. We take it for granted. And how gracious is God that he forgives us for that? That we do not... He has just so much grace for us that he forgives us for just, you know, we're a disappointment. I mean... I don't know why he hasn't thrown me to the wolves at this point. I really don't know because I know I disappoint him every single day and he continually reaches out his arms to me and he tries to draw near to me. Um, sometimes he's trying to, you know, he's probably yelling at me like, come back, come back, come back. And when I'm just wandering off and doing my own little thing and I'm just so grateful to serve a God that comes for me continually over and over and over no matter what I do. So he has in this in the scripture he talks about that we have confidence to enter enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So that's a very, very long sentence. But let's break it down a little bit. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Um, so, if you don't know a lot about the Bible, 
short version of this, okay? So people used to have to go in the temples and there was a very, very large curtain that you couldn't go past unless you were appointed by God. And if you did, then you died because you were literally entering the presence of God at that point. And if you were doing it without permission or even if you were the priest or um, and you did it wrong, boom, you drop dead. Okay, so Jesus, when he died on the cross, and some of you may know this, but if you don't, then um, I hope you learn this and you understand it and you go in your Bible and you read about it. Um, but the curtain that separated us from God, when Jesus died on the cross, the moment that he did, literally that curtain ripped down the center. And this was no like a little bitty curtain. It was very, very thick and very, very large. And you just need to really go and study all that. You'll just, you'll be absolutely amazed if you hear about all the details that God put into the tabernacle. Um... So, yes, we have the confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus so we can enter into the presence of God through Jesus dying on the cross. And then it says, by the new and living way that he opened up, opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. Again, talking about Jesus dying on the cross and the, the curtain splitting. And then it says, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, being Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So we need to be honest with God. We need to have an open heart. Um, not be closed off. Not be um, with excuses, but have full faith. Because God tells us, even with the faith of a mustard seed, that we can move mountains, right? So... We need to draw near and just trust with all of us that God has got us and that he's not going to let us fall. Then it says, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So when we let God enter into our hearts, and we give our lives over to Jesus. We're not perfect. We're absolutely not. But we do have the Spirit of God in us. And um, we do have like a sense of conviction. And and that's a big thing. I think a lot of people, um, when they talk about conviction, they don't understand how important it is. When you feel conviction, that means that you you do have the spirit in you that he's talking to you and that you may have done something wrong, but you understand and you acknowledge that you did something wrong and you can repent from that to God and he has forgiven us for all of those things. But we have to do that with a true heart and faith that God has truly cleansed us um, from all of our trespasses and our evil heart. And because those times that you hear those things in your head, that's just your flesh. Your flesh, um, there's two enemies that we fight with. And yes, you have Satan, which is, um, you know, the devil that does things all around you. But what you hear inside of you, like when you're just sitting there and like you have just like an awful thought, and you're like, where did that come from? That's your inner flesh. It, it, it just, 
you'll think things and think, why in the world? Like, that was awful. Why did I think that? That's not your Christian heart. It's not. That is um, just your body that's worldly trying to get at you. But as long as you can defeat that with your confidence in Jesus and your discernment of knowing what's you and what's your flesh and you don't act upon it and you repent of it, then um, we come through it. And that is the grace of God. He loves us even though we're imperfect. So then it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. He is not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you crash and burn. He's not going to do any of those things because he made promises to us. And you will never find in the history of the world that um, he has ever not held fast to a promise. Everything that he has said has come to pass. Wavering. I want to talk about the definition of wavering because, again, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So the definition of wavering is um, just becoming weaker and faltering. Um, just becoming unsteady and unreliable. So it's, like I said, you're, you're constantly battling with with the devil and with your flesh and you're going back and forth and you're going to mess up because you are human but by really becoming unsteady what that means is that you're not constantly striving to draw near because the only thing that brings us to perfection is the blood of Jesus and that is not going to happen until that day when we rid ourselves of the body that we live in right um we just have to be reliable to Jesus and steady and we have to stay in his word and we have to constantly draw near to him because he tells us in the Bible that if we draw near to him, he's going to draw near to us and our discernment will grow and our love for him will grow and our um, we will strive more to serve him and uh, to just be wherever he needs us to be. At that point when we when we get so close... You stop questioning. I mean, not to say that you won't ever question. And sometimes you'll be like, mm, I don't know why we're doing this. But if this is what you asked me, me to do, then that's what we're going to do. And then he will always come through with those promises when he tells you those things. If he gives you instructions and you follow through, you will always, always, always improve your life. So next it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what I was talking about with my girls on Bible study is that we stir one another up because we get so excited and um, we are, we're always talking about like ministry opportunities and 
Um, we had a friend recently in our Bible study that got saved and just watching her grow and like you could literally see the light radiating off of her. She's a whole different human being. And uh, we just, we keep each other just fired up for Jesus because when you are surrounded by a bunch of Debbie Downers all the time, life gets hard. We're not made for that. We're supposed to flock together. Um, you know, as a sheep underneath the ultimate shepherd, which is Jesus. And when we build that fire up in each other, it's just, it's a chain reaction. It just keeps going and going and going. And we start loving on each other more. And then we feed ourselves into these ministries. And your ministries can look like a lot of different things. They can look like your homes and they can look like your workplace and they can look like your trip to the grocery store or uh, I mean just wherever you are because Jesus is with you all the time but when you gather with these people um, they help you focus on hey how do I improve my ministry within my home or when I'm out or um, just within the church body how what do I need to do and just encouragement, love and encouragement. The next verse, which is 25, is the main hot point that I wanted to get to. It says, Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Like I said, the day that it's speaking of, day is actually capitalized because it's that important. Day um, is the day that Jesus is going to come back and then we're going to have to look at him face to face and talk about our decisions and our choices because I know it's hard to think about, but eventually this does come to an end. I know nobody expects to die and everybody tries to avoid it because we're always taking our vitamins or eating this way or um, especially when we're young, we just think we're like, invincible and then when we get older we start trying to you know whatever we got to do whatever we got to do to look better to feel better Uh, a lot of women don't care what they got to rub on their face if you told them they had to rub a raw steak on their face every day they'd probably do it if it would make them look 10 years younger because as humans one of our main fleshly battles is to try to defeat aging Uh, we just death is not the goal in life I, I mean, that that's all the way I know how to say it. Um, so, uh, the day is coming, whether we like it or not. Um, we don't know when it is. Uh, our God is not held by time like we are. So, we need to make the best of what we have because one day... One day Jesus is going to come back, whether it's in five minutes or 500 years or 5,000 years or 500,000 years. I don't know, but there's not going to be a, uh uh-oh, let me do this again. And I don't mean to be all fire and brimstone or whatever, but he tells us, do not neglect to meet together. Encourage one another, encourage one another, be there for each other and lift each other up. And I know, like I said before, that it's easy to say, hey, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay at home all the time. And I don't want to meet with the church because I don't really want to deal with people because I've been hurt before um, within a church. But God is in my home. 
So I'm just going to like observe on the screen, right? I am so thankful that I do not serve a God that sits up in heaven and watches me and says, Hey, I'm just going to watch from here, but I'm not going to intervene and I'm not going to get involved. And think about that. Like, what if it was flipped around to the other side? What if God sat up there and he saw you going through whatever you're going through right now and he just said, you know, we're just, we're just going to let this play out. We're just going to see. I mean, because even when you think, think things aren't going perfect right now in your life, however they're going, don't ever mistakenly think that God does not have a plan. A lot of the things that we go through that are um, negative, actually all the things, because everything that is good comes from God, the negative things that happen to us in our lives, no matter what it is, it all stems from the beginning. The beginning of time when you had Adam and Eve and the apple, it has all spiraled out of control over and over and over. And there, the bad thing that may be happening to you may not be an exact result of something you did, but it may be something somebody else did. But we're just in this never-ending spiral until the day that Jesus comes back. And until then, he just gives us guidance through the situations. And sometimes he does let us fall in our little pits because... We deserve it, honestly. I mean, what would life be like if you didn't, you know, kind of let your kid fall a little bit sometimes and hit rock bottom so they could um, pick themselves back up again? I know with my toddler that there are times that I have to sit there and go, you can do it. You're going to be fine. I mean, it may just be like, I don't know, getting the top off her snack cup or something. But... I have to let her go through those things because if I don't, then she won't learn how to do it. What if you never let your kid learn to walk and you just carried them everywhere? It just, it, it can't happen. You have to learn how to walk. Um, and God, sometimes he has to drop us down a little bit so we can understand how big he is. So when he does carry us, we can be more thankful that he's there and he has us and he's holding us in his right hand. Just don't ever think that God is not with you. And I promise you, anything that you do in his name, you will prosper from. It may not be um, in the form of money like we typically think of prospering, but it's all worth it. Every little bit of it, no matter what walk of life you're in. I don't care if you're living in a hut or living in a mansion. Whatever you're doing, if you're doing it for God through his guidance, you will prosper and um he will encourage you over and over and over again and he will lift you up to places that you have never been in your entire life and then the whole time you're going to be sitting there thinking oh my goodness i wish i had done this so i get through all that to tell you if you're sitting at home watch on church watching church on tv if you can if you're able, meet with the gathering. When you do, you are going to meet some wonderful, wonderful people. And I'm so, so sorry. I cannot tell you how sorry I am that somebody in the church has hurt or afflicted you in some form or fashion at another time in your life. But everybody is not like that. I'm not like that. 
Um, I'm not perfect and I'm not going to say that I do everything right or that I've not hurt somebody in the past or that I won't next week unknowingly do something wrong. But the majority of your church is beautiful, beautiful people. And it's okay to go to one church and say, hey, I don't like this. This is not, I, I don't feel like my presence needs to be here at the moment that's the beauty of God is he's going to guide you where you need to be and if you want to pray about that you're welcome to message me on Facebook and I'll be so glad to um, talk to you about that and we can work through it together and he loves when we talk to him and we're like brutally honest your prayers to God they don't have to be this most beautiful wonderful prayer the Bible says that when we don't know how to pray or what to say that literally the spirit groans out for us just stop making excuses for yourself and go okay just go because if you truly truly believe that God can move mountains just imagine what he can do with you and your life but we have to put it out there for him to use Um, God gives us all these tools, but unless we utilize them, unless we dig in his word and draw near and take hold of these wonderful things, I mean, you have the ability every day to get up and worship God and nobody is coming in your house and threatening your life. I mean, how wonderful is that? What else could we ask for? Imagine what you'd be asking for if you lived in one of these countries where it's illegal to worship our God and people are doing it anyways out in the streets no matter what happens. Uh, We're just a spoiled, rotten people. Love your people. Meet with your people. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in our lifetimes. It may or it may not But if that ever gets taken away, you don't want to regret that you neglected what you had before. Because like I said, eventually, one day, one day, we're going to meet Jesus face to face. And we're going to say, what were we doing this entire time when we could have been sitting and embracing all the grace and mercy that you've bestowed upon us? And we could have just been soaring in the love that you have for us and spreading your name everywhere and It's also hard to think about, we have these issues because nobody shared Jesus with us earlier and nobody poured into us and it made us feel lonely and afraid and scared. The beautiful thing is, is that you can be that for somebody else. You can be that encourager. You can lift somebody else up. You can learn what you need to learn. You don't have to know everything. Nobody knows everything because you're not God. But the more you draw him into you, the fuller your cup gets and the more you have to pour into other people and to lift them up when they're in desperate situations. Because it's so easy when you find somebody that's down to sit there and like get in their little pity puddle with them and just moan and groan and blah, 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 blah. But it is absolutely beautiful to have the right words at the right moment straight from God to lift them up. Because church is not about us. It's not. And and I know that that's hard to understand. It's a hard pill to swallow. It's not about me. It's not about um, how much money I give to the church or how many classes I go to or how many sermons I go to or how fast I can flip to whatever book of the Bible 
or how many notes I take or how much I raise my hands or how loud I sing. It's not. We do all these things because we love God and we're worshiping God and it pleases Him. And He asks us to make disciples. And He loves when we sing to Him. And He loves when we show up for Him. And He loves when we gather with His people. So just because there are bad apples in a church, don't be scared of them. Be the good apples. Just be the good apples, okay? It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And if you want to, we can just, where I posted this on Facebook, let's just comment underneath here and we can talk about the churches that we go to in your local area and invite people to sit with you. I mean, we just had Easter. What a better time to invite people to church right when we're like on this just wonderful, wonderful. We're just in this. Oh, I love it. I'm just in the spirit. It's better than any other holiday because it's the day that I get to reflect on how Jesus died for me, what he did for me. And I'm still just booming from it. I'm bo- I didn't get to go to church because my kid was sick. Bless her heart. But, um, but I still just, uh, I just love that I'm covered in his mercy. And it's just an incredible feeling. And while we're all feeling this way, so pumped up for the Lord, what a better time to get involved and to share his love with other people. Don't lose it. Don't lose that pumped upness. Don't lose it this week. I hope you didn't lose it after you left church on Sunday and ate a big old lunch after that. But just just sit there for a minute today and just like soak up his love for you. Like try to sit there and fully meditate on how much God loves you. I know you can't. You can't fathom it. I can't fathom it. But just as much as you can, think about how much, how precious you are. To God and how much he loves you and how much you can pour that into other people and how beautiful that is let's pray dear Lord I hope you give people urgency in their heart to make disciples to join with their gatherings and just to share your word and to share the story of you and your mercy and your grace and your love and uh, everything you want for us in life and the precious gift that you gave us, which is everlasting life. Lord, let people hear this and let them not forsake the gathering because it is everything. It is absolutely everything. If we get together in your name, God, you are there. And I pray that this week and this month and this year that people all over will gather together, um, not just digitally, but physically to lay hands on each other, to pray with each other, to sing, to praise with each other. In Jesus' name, amen.